Pride Institute is an LGBTQ-specific treatment center for substance use disorder and addiction. Pride was first opened in 1986 as a direct response to the HIV-AIDS pandemic. We provide care to adults 18-plus in residential and outpatient settings. I'm Luke. And I'm Kaylee. And together, we are the co-hosts of the Proud Voices podcast for Pride Institute. All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, Today we're here with Alyn, and we're going to get into her story in just a moment. But before we do, I wanted to say uh, farewell to my co-host, Luke Miller, who was with us uh, at the Pride Institute as the Director of Business Development for the past four years. Uh, Luke and I worked really closely together and started this uh, podcast during the pandemic to try and really connect with our alumni who were not being able to connect with their uh, support groups. And that is why this started. Started. Uh, we've been keeping it going since then, and uh, my goal is to take the podcast on uh, by myself until we hire uh, someone else for our marketing team, and then you'll get a new co-host. So stay tuned for that. And again, thanks, Luke, uh, for all your support over the past four years. Thank you. This has been one of my favorite things to do here at Pride, and doing it with you, Kaylee, has been so much fun. Uh, thanks. All right, Alin, let's get into your story. So uh, how did you find yourself at Pride's Doors initially? Uh, yeah, um, I actually had a kind of very uh, quick and sudden uh, decision uh, that, that brought me to the doors of Pride. I had uh, an incident occur one night and uh, it kind of, uh, the culmination of probably two decades of, of a real issue um, with alcohol and, you know, it's kind of one of those, it, it's not a rock bottom. I'm not, you know, I'm not sure what that actually means to everyone or or anyone. And then that's everyone's kind of story to tell. Mine was, that's enough. I can't do it anymore. And uh, for me, it was, it was a close call. I, I was uh, transported by ambulance to the emergency room and, uh, and the jig was up. Um, I did a really great job hiding a lot of things. Uh, I, I've, uh, you know, as, as many say at a successful career, I was able to manage things until I wasn't able to do that. And, uh, it, it all, uh, that part of my life ended abruptly, but, uh, for, for, uh, in a great way, because it got me here to pride. And I was here the next, uh, couple of days later after detox and, um, kind of starting the next, the next phase, which has been uh, amazing and wonderful. And, uh, yeah, just uh, really, really grateful to have found, found pride. So, that's that's kind of how that got me got me here. I wonder, could you expand? Because I think that's something that a lot of people who are you know struggling with active addiction are really good at is secrecy and hiding. What are I guess some strategies you used to hide your use from the people around you? Yeah, um, I, I guess it would depend what phase of hiding I was in. Uh, you know, I, I was a soccer player uh, into uh, to the semi pro level, so I played a lot of soccer, which has a lot of uh, drinking on the you know on the on the outskirts of that. And so I kind of just fit in with everyone else, um, you know, except for I would stay longer, drink more, or get there earlier, or whatever that looked like, and segued into my more professional life, which were lots of happy hours, in which I still I guess got there early, stayed longer. And, uh, and then I kept going to them, uh, on my own and, you know, not telling people. And I lived alone. I lived in a lot of really cool cities, uh, DC for a while and San Francisco. And I lived on my own a lot and was very independent. So, um, it was hiding it from, from clients. I have, uh, I would always work at five in the morning and I loved it, but, um, I had to 
kind of uh, figure out a schedule that worked to fit in my 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 habit and. Um, so it was lying to those around me. And, and then, you know, to the phase of being in St. Paul, I have a partner and uh, a family and I was hiding it uh, completely. So a new way of hiding it, uh, you know, during the pandemic, I was living alone and then I moved in with my partner and I, I, I had to, again, use a lot of time to plan. And, uh, you know, when, when she wasn't home, um, and in, yeah, different times of day and, and around work around clients and, yeah, a lot of planning, uh, a lot of energy. Um, yeah, and it catches up to you. And uh, I guess I can say I'm glad it finally did. Um, can you kind of talk a little bit more about, and I think, you know, you mentioned you were a soccer player and sports culture in general. And there's this idea of like, you know, putting your bodies through this physical stress and then kind of, I guess, releasing that stress and, and kind of, I guess, I think about just the social benefits of drinking using as being a member of like a community, right? Um, would you say that that desire to be a part of something contributed to your use, or do you think it was more an individual thing? Yeah, that's a that's actually a great a great question uh, and interesting to look at it that way. I I think probably both, but it, it existed in some in some way. But especially in in soccer, you know, it's just it is part. It is a great part of culture, and um, it is a large part of culture of of that sport, particularly and especially with lots of European influence on our team um, and the teams that I that I was uh, a, a member of. I think that it just provided a, a a blank canvas for something that already lay lay in me, and um, it was I was able to do it and not look different, not look strange, not look like I had a problem because you know, well, everyone else you know is is doing the same thing and. And creating those excuses and creating those opportunities for convincing myself that, oh, of course, I, you know, no, I don't, I don't have an issue there. Everyone is doing that. And, and you know, but, you know, when I look back upon it, uh, no, people weren't really doing it like me. And, but it was nice to look around and see a lot of the same habits uh, around me and, and, and ways to justify, you know, the ends of the means to, to be able to do that. So yeah, sport culture, I, you know, and it's, yeah. And even, you know, as you kind of transitioning into just professional life and, and doing things, uh, I was on different, you know, uh, recreational leagues and doing different, different sports that way. And, and that was part of happy hours and things after games, but, you know, it's also people kind of also still in that, you know, your twenties and kind of the same boat, but just looking for a way to socialize, uh, especially in cities that are a little bit more transient. So a lot of people that's, that's kind of a way to get together. So yeah, a little bit of both, um, but definitely uh, sports uh, laid the groundwork for that. And sure, I mean, it's it's nice. You know, kind of mentioned that hard on the body. I was a goalkeeper, so I jumped high into the air and fell on the ground a lot. Uh, and I can do it really well now. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard, and I, my body definitely uh, shows it. And I, I'm I'm sure that there, you know, it's it's nice to I. I spent a lot of time shutting, shutting off things that I didn't know how to deal with, uh, with my mental health. And that was a great way to also shut down things that my body was saying it necessarily didn't want to participate in, in that way anymore also. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a great point as well. It sounds like there are some avoidant tendencies in your story. Um, just like hiding your use, not wanting to share that with anyone, um, knowing that you did everything just a little differently, you know, everyone's doing it, but I'm doing it just a little differently. So I'm just going to hide that piece. Uh, do you still find yourself today, um, avoiding issues or problems that you have either with your mental health or anything in your life, or has that kind of subsided? How do you, uh, deal with that now? 
Yeah. Uh, I'm glad I have this answer. Uh, no, I'm not avoiding things. And, uh, I, I was so good at it too. All kinds <laughs> of things. I mean, uh, yeah, with mental health and just my approach to, to people, my feelings, my emotions, which I have a lot of, and they're, they're really cool ones. And now I'm, I'm sure to just, I am very clear. I communicate. I want things out on the table. I want people to know, uh, you know, those around me, friends and family, my partner, um, what, what I'm thinking. And, and I'm not, you know, that none of it was what I was shameful of in the, in the past was nothing to be ashamed of or, or, you know, feelings that I had. And I just, I'm a people pleaser. I always have been. And, uh, that didn't really get me very far, uh, with regard to my own mental health. So, uh, I've been very forthcoming with, uh, with just everything in life and how to meet things head on. And I continue to do that. And, uh, you know, I even over communicate just, this is exactly what I'm thinking and how I'm thinking it. And, and where do you want to go from here? But it, it turns out that's kind of a good thing. So, uh, yeah, so that's been beneficial, but, uh, I think the floodgates are open and, and having, you know, kept so much, so much inside and shut off and, finding every way to, uh, to avoid all kinds of wonderful things, uh, has put me in a position to, to be much more healthy in that manner. And it takes a lot of energy. I mean, I'm an energy person and, you know, I'm a personal trainer is my, is my, my day job. And, you know, I'm in a kind of, I do it's quality of life training and, and helping people feel better and function better. And, you know, I, I, I do that and I, I work with my folks on these things and, and, and energy being one of them, where are we spending our energy? Cause we only have, we have so much. And, uh, I really, I was, I was drained. I had nothing left because I was using all of my energy bottling and hiding and, and I'm not that kind of person. I'm, you know, the best compliment I ever had was that, that I'm truly authentic and I, I, I am. And I, I'm, I finally feel that, that I deserve that tag now. So. I really like that mindset and what you said about that, about how we only have so much energy, because I think as high achievers, which it appears that you might fall under that bracket, I might put yes. you in there, um, <laughs> is that it feels sometimes like I need to use every ounce of my purpose and that I need to use every ounce of my potential. And I don't know if that's always possible. And I don't know if any of us know the answer to that. I don't know if this is just a hypothetical theory. But it is fascinating because I think intrinsically as queer people, we're made to feel guilty about we're wasting potential, whether that be to start a nuclear family, whether that be to just uphold traditions, et cetera. And so I don't know. I just think I've never heard a personal trainer have that process. <laughs> I've only ever heard, don't eat pizza, don't drink beer. You're weak if you do this, this and that. So I think that's really lovely. Yeah. Thanks. I, you know, it's, it's true. I, uh, yeah, I'm not that kind of personal trainer because, you know, people, everyone's a real human and, uh, that's just, uh, that's just, that's, that would suck all that. And <laughs> yeah. So it's easy. What, what energy do we have? And it's true though. I think that's something that I did struggle with was exactly what you just said. And it's, yeah, I, I have, I have so much in me and, uh, I, I need to, I have to go after it. I have to take charge. I have to do this. I have to explore this. I have to master this. I have to be a master of this. And, and then, oh, I figured that out. Oh, no, I'm not done yet. I have to, there's this other thing that I need to figure out now. And it's just, a, you know, it's ongoing. And I, honestly, that is something I still struggle with on a daily basis. It's, you know, like how I don't know what that looks like. And I think that I'm okay with that now. I mm -hmm. think in the past it was, yeah, I, I'm never going to reach whatever this pinnacle of success is. And it's like, well, what is the pinnacle of success in my life? I don't know. I mean, I could become an astronaut tomorrow. Probably not that, but that's an example of, 
you know, I, I'm a, I'm a person that likes change and flexibility and fun and excitement and who knows what, what that brings. So, you know, kind of shooting the energy in areas that is, is just not, you know, it just, it's just not worth it. Um, is, is definitely a thing I've always been a proponent of, but I've all, always been very good at explaining that to my, my, my humans, my people, and, uh, not really at reminding myself of that. And that's been a big thing this past, you know, I guess it's been about, almost a year and a half is that, you know, it's okay. And, and the winds, the small winds are, are happening all day, every day. And I'm listening to my own advice and, you know, you kind of mentioned about the family and this and that. And I think things happen to us that, you know, the pinnacle of success, what that might be, it, it's ever changing, you know, and, and it should be. And yeah, I never saw myself with uh, a family, certainly a partner and in kind of life, but I, I never saw myself with children. And we have twin seven-year-old boys and they are little wonderful rainbow tornadoes. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, I, I, the, you know, what is success there? And I, for, I'm like, well, I want them to be kind and uh, yeah, I, happy would be good. But other than that, so kind of just finding, finding joy in the small wins. And I know that's something that we share with them also is, is, is small wins are big wins because they add up. And uh, reminding oneself, myself of that has been a, a good thing. Is it important to recognize your own personal failures and flaws in order to recover? Yeah, you have to be real with yourself and others. I mean, but yourself first. And until you do that, I don't think you can find that recovery place. I mean, I'm as rainbow unicorn sunshine and daisies as they come, but it's where the the yucky stuff is, the the stuff that I didn't want to encounter within myself, that I was avoiding within myself, uh that that was the problem. So, I guess these are good. I can we do this for a couple of hours? I mean, it's just existential. Sorry, it's my last week, but I'm like, I better ask all the existential crisis questions. I, I'm feeling I'm very good about this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I, I think because you need to be able to meet those failures, number one, and be okay with them. You have to live in the yuck. You have to live with the uncomfortable things. And uh, remaining sober is, it's uncomfortable a lot and and that's okay. And, and it's okay to say that and be that and overcome it as well. And, and, and that's, what's really important is, is sure seeing those failures. And then, um, and then, I mean, that's where the, you know, many places you could say, this is that where the, that's how the growth happens. It's, it's in the yucky stuff yeah. and uh, it's not in the, the glitter. Um, and I don't know, if, I hope we're mentioning this, but Alin works at Pride with Luke and I. Um, and I was just curious, what was, was your, what is your experience being a tech versus being a client? I want to say I, there were no, there, there haven't been surprises having been a client because I, I kind of got into it, uh, it, fully expecting what it is. Uh, I, you know, I, I did it. I want to, I wanted to be here and, and give back in some way because I just gained so much from everyone, from all of the staff uh, in every office, every nook and cranny of this place. And I wanted to to come back in some way to be able to do that. And I, I knew that it wasn't, you know, going to be, you know, luxurious most days, any days, all the days, but that's exactly why I wanted to do it. I wanted, um, you know, I was, I was terrified. It was my first time in treatment. Uh, I, I was terrified of the next day, everything, my life, my, my career, um, you know, just being with 40 strangers, I hadn't done that in a long time. And just what this all means looks like, uh, I am a very, I'm a strong I'm a woman. I, I can lift things and up and put them down, but I, I, I walked around with a lot of fear and I, I think that for me, a big part of it is to 
be there for people in a way that uh, they see a friendly face. So a kind face, uh, a warm face. And, and I think that that may, that's a big deal. And, and that's what I try to do here is to kind of throw that out into the, the halls of pride. And, uh, you know, everyone is welcome. Everyone is cared for. And you don't have to worry about that while you're worrying about getting better and, and working on yourself and figuring figuring life out the the day-to-day and the, the, the you know the, the goings-on of, of walking up and down the halls and, and kind of being a human and feeling that way again uh that's stuff we can help with and um i can i feel like i can help with while, while people are on whatever their path is uh and that's important so i think i gotta say both very very positive uh it's it's really nice to you know i i belonged at pride as a client and i feel you know it felt instant that as soon as I could get here and help in some way that I would do so uh, in another capacity. So both positive and I'm glad I'm here. Very glad. Have you heard positive feedback from our clients in regards to like if they come to you and they're like, I literally am so tired. I can't sit through another group. How did you do it? Like, do they kind of seek your advice and your guidance as a tech here? I think slowly. I, I, uh, yes. I, yeah. I, again, I think that I'm very smiley. So I think people get that first. I am extremely approachable. Yeah. And, uh, but I think, you know, getting past the, okay, who, who, who's, who, who's, who am I, who do I want to talk to? Who, who do I feel a connection with, uh, at what point? And, uh, yeah, there absolutely is that. And, you know, I think my, the main message I have, always is that, you know, this class, that class, this small group, that group, whatever it looks like for, for the recovery of that individual, you know, it's, everyone's is different and it's okay if it doesn't look a certain way. It's okay. If this doesn't hit, it just something will, but you, but find the thing, grab the thing and do the thing um, that it's okay that, you know, a class doesn't feel great. And it's like, well, again, it's not supposed to, and then, you know, find, find the, the formula. I say, find the formula that works, that works for you. And okay, that doesn't, there's always a tidbit. There's always a nugget, no matter what, if you just kind of open your ears and, and, and kind of just allow yourself to be present, there's always a nugget in every single, uh, uh, opportunity here to, to take away something and use it. So you're giving back, you have a great support system. Anything else you do to stay strong in your recovery today? Uh, yeah, I keep up with my, uh, mental health for sure. Uh, I was diagnosed with ADHD, uh, here and, uh, apparently it's been something that I've, you know, kind of been working with since I was a little kid and it just, that was great. I'm like, all right, here we go. And so I'm constantly learning and, uh, you know, go to therapy and, and those are big things to maintain, uh, and just things that I know are good for me. I, I was a goalkeeper, like I said, so I jumped a lot, but running, I was not, you know, like, oh, why? Like, but I jump really high. I'm running now because I know that it's good for my mental health and I will never say that I love it, but, but we get along the running and I, so I think finding something, you know, about a year and a half ago, you said, you're going to be running again. I said, no, 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 you have no idea anything about me, but I am. So, so I was thinking my formula include in, includes that now for whatever reason, and it's okay. That's wonderful. So finding what works and just repeating it. And, you know, the whole, the 24, it, it's, it's always about that day. And what can I do today that, that I can repeat, even if it's very small. And, you know, I did a meditation before I came here and it was a sleepy one and that's okay. <laughs> Cause I needed a quick eye, eye kind of thing. And I've never been a meditator. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit here, a little bit there, but the consistencies are keeping up with my mental health in ways that work for me. And then allowing for evolution and change with it because people change and, and life changes and, and it's okay if the formula changes, as long as you kind of are in that aware spot and, 
yeah, those things have been really important and I am keeping them up. Um, yeah. And I feeling pretty good for it. And, you know, of course there are crappy days and, and hard days and, and that as well, but because that the support system and the plan is there and, you know, and I know it's going to be okay. And, and that day will turn over and then there's an opportunity the next day and the next 24. So it's just, uh, yeah, rolling with life and, and feeling much, much better about the rolling now. So in a good way. Uh, I love that. I was laughing because I also play soccer and I grew up playing soccer and I still play in a men's league. So every week we do six v six and I played my first 11 v 11 game the other week. And you would have thought I was on the front line of battle when I was done with that. <laughs> Running is so hard and I'm so old now. That's so sad. But the, that's full field. That's real deal. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem like it should be diff- so different. Oh, yeah. So how do you amp yourself up to do hard things? Because that's what I keep kind of hearing over and over again is we can do hard things as people. How do we get there? How do we amp ourselves up to do that? I think when you, you know, we kind of touched on the, you know, confronting failures and that being okay. I think it's, you gotta, you gotta high five yourself for the successes as well. Mm -hmm. So when you get through a hard thing, no matter how big or small or how long it takes, you gotta give yourself a high five, a pat on the back, whatever it is. Um, and, and celebrate small successes because some days they're very, very small. It's waking up, it's doing some laundry and, and that's great. That's a success. So I think you really have to be more aware of the great things that you're doing, of the good things you're doing, of the solid, uh, ways that you're getting, you're getting through life. And those are not small things because, you know, everyone I think can relate and reverting back to memories from the past. And that wasn't the case. Those weren't happening. And, and they are now in recovery and no matter how small, really honing in on those successes is just extremely important as well. I mean, um, yeah, anything, anything and, and remind yourself of those and, you know, that, you know, mind body will conjure up, conjure up those feelings and, uh, and be a help as well. But small successes are also important to remind yourself and yeah, the proverbial pat on the back always. (laughs) Well, I think that's a great place to stop today. Uh, thank you so much for being willing to share your story with us. And we're so lucky to have uh, your light around pride, helping our clients reach their goals in recovery as you have done. So thank you so much and congratulations on your success. Thanks. Thanks, Luke. Congrats on your time here and whatever's next for you. Good luck. And uh, I appreciate uh, you having me, uh, Kaylee. And thanks uh, to you both and for what you do with the with the podcast and reaching people. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's really important and really special. So thank you very much to you too as well. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Proud Voices. You can find us where you find all your favorite podcasts. Don't forget to follow and subscribe. We'll see you next time.